Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Sean Mitchell from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Thank you for the introduction, Dr. Pritt. Today, we will be discussing extended spectrum beta-lactamase testing at Mayo Clinic Laboratories. But before we get started, Dr. Schutz, could you provide our listeners with a little bit about you and your background? Yes, thank you for the opportunity to discuss this new test. I'm a microbiologist and pathologist here at Mayo Clinic Rochester, and my areas of expertise include antimicrobial resistance and anaerobic bacteria, which are the areas of the laboratory that I direct. Thank you for sharing your background with us. Can you provide a brief overview of this testing? Yes, so this test is a culture-based test that's assessing for the presence of multi-drug resistant gram-negative bacteria and specifically ESBLs or extended spectrum beta-lactamase producing bacteria. So these ESBL producing bacteria are those that have acquired resistance to some of our broader spectrum beta-lactam type of antibiotics called the cephalosporins. So this is a screening test that is performed on stool or swab samples that are taken from around the anus. It is a test that assesses for colonization or carriage of bacteria. So some individuals may carry these bacteria in their gut without getting sick, and this test would assess for the presence of those bacteria in the gut. These bacteria are concerning for a few different reasons. The first is that colonization with these bacteria have been associated with increased risk of infection in certain patient populations, especially those with hematologic malignancies. The second reason that we're concerned about this is that when a person has a multidrug resistant bacterium, such as an ESBL, and actually gets sick from this, that really limits the antibiotic treatment options for that patient because of the increased resistance. The third reason is more of a public health type of risk or concern in that the antibiotic resistance genes that are carried by these bacteria are easily passed from bacteria to bacteria and uh, not only within the patient, but from patient to patient because these resistance genes are small fragments of bacterial DNA, very easily transmissible. As for the methods of this test, we culture the specimen for the bacterium and confirm the presence of the bacterium by disc diffusion testing, which is a Clinical and Laboratory Standards Institute or CLSI approved method. Thank you, Dr. Schutz, for this overview. Could you describe which patients should have this testing and when should it be performed? So the primary use for this test is to screen donor stool when it is used for fecal microbiota transplantation. So FMT or stool transplantation is a process wherein the stool or fecal matter is collected from a healthy person and placed into the gastrointestinal tract of a patient. It's a safe therapy that's used to treat severe or refractory 
Clostridium difficile infection. So we developed this test in particular in response to the FDA report in 2019 of adverse events in two patients after they had received fecal microbiota transplantation, wherein the donor had ESBLs in the stool. And the two recipients of this donor's stool both had weakened immune systems and they both developed infections with ESBLs and one of them actually died. So in response, the FDA issued a report stating that under certain conditions, donor stools should be screened for the presence of ESBLs for both investigational new drug purposes, and the recommendation was also there for non-IND purposes as well, if institutions wish. Another use of this test could be for active surveillance of patients in hospital or institutional settings in order to guide infection control practices. So surveillance may take place in outbreak or non-outbreak situations, and there are some professional organizations that are encouraging active surveillance for ESBLs. This is extremely helpful, especially the ability of the testing to be utilized with investigational new drug applications. So I got two questions for you. Could you elaborate a bit further on how this testing improves upon previous testing approaches? And are there other options on the market? If so, what makes our testing different or unique? So this is a new test for us. There are molecular tests that are on the market that some labs are using for ESBL screening and stool. And those tests assess for the most common ESBL gene targets, such as the CTXM, which is a specific type of ESBL. Now that CTXM ESBL is the most common ESBL type worldwide. But we decided when looking at a methodology for this test that we wanted to provide a test that could potentially catch a wider variety of ESBLs. Now, when we looked at a molecular method, it's very difficult to develop a molecular test for ESBLs in particular, because there are hundreds of different types of ESBLs. So we decided to adopt a culture method. So as opposed to the molecular test, which looks for a specific genetic marker, the culture test will just allow growth of ESBLs in general. I appreciate your explanation of those differences. As we conclude our interview here, could you describe for us again the clinical action that is enabled by the results of this test, be it a traditional patient setting or in an investigational protocol that might be underway? Sure. So this really depends on the reason, of course, for which the test is used, which you just mentioned. So if the donor stool is found to have ESBL present, it is unlikely that that stool will be used as a donor for the patient undergoing FMT. On the other hand, if the test is performed as part of an active surveillance in the hospital, there are a few different things that will likely be undertaken. So the carriers would be identified and those patients would be handled with stricter infection control measures, such as uh, contact precautions and gowning and gloving, frequent hand washing when being visited by the healthcare team and others in the hospital. If the patient were to have a subsequent infection, treatment of that infection would in fact probably be more targeted 
based on that a priori knowledge of an ESBL present. Identification of these may help guide decolonization procedures if that's what's used. So these are the reasons that the tests can be used, a couple of different examples I've given you, and a variety of different clinical actions that can result. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Schutz, for taking time to update us on this new Mayo Clinic Laboratories test offering. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.